On this episode of Penny's Going In Raw, me and Hugh discuss how not to become a back holder. This week's SPAC attack, Hugh's DD, and some rapid fire. Let's go. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav in the building for the Atlas crew. Atlas trading, what the fuck is up? They're traders, they're prodigies, and then there's legends. Rob, 4%, baby. No way. 4% fucking percent. by the fucking dick. Hey, who told me about IDEX? Like, dude, what the fuck? Like, someone just made, like, a lot more money than me on my trade. You find out, likes this game of pennies. Did you check the portfolio? Pennies. 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 The margin for error is so small. I bet Warren Buffett never did that. And they out here making money right now off of penny stocks. The two guys is putting their work to make y'all rich. The pennies we need are everywhere around us. Time to think big! Pennies going in raw. Featuring Dan, Deity It Dips, and Hugh Honey. Produced by Vinny Strokes, baby. Welcome to the Penny Stock Podcast presented by The Blazing Chronicle. Today is Sunday, August the 30th, and this dreadful month is uh, about to be over. Thank God. Yeah, it has been, uh, it's been very shitty. Well... Not very shitty, they're, they're, but I have seen, you know, like we talked about last week, just so many people blow up their accounts on just bad phase three data on things like ONTX and OTLK, but overall it's just been a, a red month for small caps. Yeah, I feel like I didn't even make any money this month. Probably barely paid the bills. Yeah, I, uh, I know you were talking earlier about options being your, your bread and butter this month. Do you usually do that whenever it's uh, slow? Yeah, yeah. So I we might as well talk about this now. I like options when things are slow, but the reason that I don't love playing them all the time is because the risk to reward changes. Uh, with options, I feel like the risk to reward is more sixty percent reward, forty percent risk, and I don't like to alert that. Also, because of how volatile options are, um, the price constantly changes. So like Friday, I found a, a, what's called a gamma gap, and at one point I was up X amount of dollars, say two hundred percent, and then. Within 30 seconds before I could even sell, I had lost two-thirds of that profit. Um, so if I alert to 47,000 people and 1,000 people take that option, all it's going to do is, you know, it's going to make my – I mean, I'm going to make a ton of money. I mean, pff, I'm going to make so much money. But um, someone's going to be buying at an inflated risk, which I don't want to happen. You know, if, if Apple's Good trading – Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just a pumper. We ain't pumpers. Uh, so I don't want, I don't want someone buying an option for Apple, not knowing what's happening. And if a thousand people buy the hundred dollar strike price, uh, for, you know, August 30th expiration, then all that's going to do is change the option price to be super inflated. And someone's going to be buying an options price for the underlying value to be really 110 instead of a hundred. So that's why I don't do that because, the underlying value, the volatility, and um, because the risk to reward is so different. When we're in penny stocks, you know, like we said, we're we're going for a hundred percent gains every time. And options, that's just not how it works. Okay, yeah. So mainly when things slow down, you like you said, you get into options. Uh, but what if what if both the uh, the market is kind of shitty as well? Like for large caps, or are you buying puts in that situation, or are you just sitting out uh playing mainly cash no i'm completely sitting out there's no point i 
unless I can get a good risk to reward or I have a really good strategy, which options I have like a pretty solid strategy. I don't try and do a million different option strategies. I just like to stick to my strategy and that's it. So I'm confident in that, but I'm not forcing anything. Um, and that's why we talk about a lot about, you know, living underneath our means, you know, if I make $10 million, I'm not spending $10 million. You know, the government will take 3.7 um, and then, you know, donations and whatnot. So that's why, like, I always like to have a cash reserve so that if I have a down month or hell, even if I have a down year, um, you know, I still pay myself from that cash reserve. And, and I think that that's really important. So I never, ever, ever, ever feel like I need to make money. Obviously, I want to make money, and it sucks when I don't make money, but it's so good to have a cash reserve because I can still pay myself into my bank accounts from that cash reserve like I'm making money. So I think that that's really important. Yeah, just knowing when to sit out and knowing if you don't have to make money, it's better to just save your money and make sure your risk to reward is always on point. Uh, but one big thing that happened this week that I know a lot of our followers are probably pretty happy about is is the SPAC attack, S-P-A-Q. Uh, you know, it was flirting with 11 and uh, at that 12 line for a while, but it actually uh, went past 14 on um, Tuesday and after hours, I believe. Uh but you know, it ended up closing the week around thirteen, but still up pretty pretty good. Uh, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I really think that. See, the thing the thing is that with these kind of plays is that you love when when they start to move. But one of the biggest issues when all of FinTwit is in one play is that it's like it's like paint drying, and then it's like you know, and then and then it, David Portnoy joins the party, and that uh, now yeah. everyone's holding. <laughs> Yeah, now everyone's holding. So it's like, you know, and then it's like when times are good, times are really good. And then it's like any kind of dip turns into a huge, massive dip because, you know, you have retail investors that don't necessarily know what they're doing. So, you know, a small dip turns into like a freaking knife. And I'm like, dude, what is this? So that's the only thing about, you know, that that's one of the, that's, that's actually a huge reason why one of the things on the matrix is... Um, how many people are on this? Because I don't want all FinTwit in my in my place. I just don't want that. Uh, it's inexperience. It's it it's there's just too much downside. Um, cans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just too much downside. So that's one of the things on the matrix is making sure that there's not a bunch of FinTwit on. Because it, it you know when 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 something flies like SPAC, it's like well, like the freaking heavens are open. But then you know SPAC at eleven or you know SPAC at twelve, and it's you know burning bridges and shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, what do you what do you think would happen if if Dave Portnoy tweeted out tomorrow, SPAC sucks. I'm all out. What do you think? I would be scared for his life. I'd be scared for his life. For his life? Yeah, for his life. Because uh, the people that got in when he said to get in were already watching it because all of FinTwit is in it. So, I, like, I really can't remember the last time. Maybe, 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 what was it, MTSL, the Microsoft one? Yeah. Was that uh, it? In, in, no, MVIS had it. The, that was the, another UABS. Yep. Um, uh, Sympathy play. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like it's it's like stuff like that, you know? So it's like everyone was watching it and then when he got in, it was like, Oh, okay, now everybody's really in on it. So I, I I'd probably be scared for his life. 
Uh, yeah, he'd bring he he'd bring it on too. He'd be like, yeah, what what the hell is the Fisker the Fisker militia gonna do to me? You know. So, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully he's happy with the results because that means I'd be happy with the results. But that that's it for this week in the market. Our our main thing this week though is how not to become a bag holder. A lot of people over the course of the past month have obviously had the issue of becoming bag holders. Swings are dipping. People add that dip and then it dips more. One of my references that I think would kind of hit home with a lot of people because, you know, it's pretty popular uh, and, you know, a lot of people were talking about about a month ago. SXTC uh, was around 50 cents and now it's flirting with around a 30 cent support. It's just been like on a very solid downtrend and it's probably only had about four green days in the past uh, 20 trading days. I think that's one of the biggest issues that people are having is that they just keep adding and it just keeps dropping. Yeah, and and bag holding does some, I, I can't even, you know, I can't, we, where do we even begin, Dan? Uh, I think, I think the, where to begin, I know it's probably a rhetorical question, but uh, I think what... Is the what it does to your psychology and mentality of trading? Yeah, you know, I really feel like we're a mentality podcast for the most part, and that is because I do think that literally sixty percent—I would even go to say seventy percent—of trading is mentality and keeping your psychology in check because it—it's like relationships. You know, you could (laughs) here we go. (laughs) You know, it could be the perfect girl. Or the per- definitely the perfect girl. She could be perfect. She could want your little hues. Um, she could be loyal. She could be sexy. And it could just be the wrong time in your life. You could be trying to make it in your career. You could be making a move. And so the uh, same thing with stocks is that something can be, you know, undervalued. Um, but you could be early or late, you know? So like EVFM, um, I talked to the Morgan Stanley analyst and he thinks that EVFM won't get to 20 until January. And, um, or, or I mean, uh, 12 till January, he has a price target of 12. And so, you know, he thinks that I'm only 300% in four months. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he thinks that I'm early on it. So timing, timing's a lot. And when you're bag holding, um, you know, what it does to your psychology is huge because all you're seeing is that you knew that you know the money that you had in there. So when you see that you put a hundred thousand in it and now that you only have 60,000, one, you're just sitting there watching it. And one thing that we talk about a lot is how much this game affects your psychology. So if you're not, first off, if you're not making any money, and you're down, if you're not making any money, you're going to be pissed. And then on top of that, if you're down 40-50% and it's not going anywhere, that's just as bad as losing money because you feel like you're not you're not making any of it back. So it hurts. It freaking hurts and you're just staring at it's it. It's also it's also because I mean, you got to think uh it's it's what what is your money doing for you and what could it be doing for you? Yeah. I remember people like BSS was on uh WTRH and like as far back as I can remember, even like November, December. And I was in at 50 cents and I was out at 45 and I jumped back in, thankfully, before it popped up and I got in at like 35 cents and it had that huge move. So, I mean, my money was clearly in better places instead of letting it drop that extra 20%. And you can always get back in the stock. I mean, and if it does go back up a couple cents, don't let that bug you either. I mean, yeah, you're... There's only so much you can do. 
No, exactly. So it's the psychology of seeing that down. And then also, it's the, it's the opportunity cost. Yes, you're down 40%, but think about if you took that 60% and you put it into, you know, I mean, one play and you could be back, or two or three plays, you could be back. You don't know when that stock's going to get back to your average or above. I think the whole bag holding mentality comes from, should I take it out of this stock when it's already down 30%, let's say, uh, and put it into something else where, shit, that one could drop 30%, and this one's already dropped the 30%, you know? Yeah. So using this logic, this one would probably go up because, I mean, you've seen it. You saw it at 50 cents, so you know that's what it could be. So yeah. I, think, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, and that should totally tie into your strategy about how you're going to handle bag holding and losses and, and how like you're, you're just going to handle all that because you do play every stock differently, but you need to have parameters where, okay, if it gets to this level, I'm going to cut some. Or if this comes out, if an offering comes out, I'm, I'm done with that stock. And so I think that that's really important that, that you, know, you're, you have to create a holistic strategy. And, and bag holding just completely destroys your mentality, your strategy, everything that we as traders strive for. It destroys all of that. You're not trading if you're bag holding. You're not trading. So now you're not making any money. And, you know, the wife's asking for a Prada bag, and you're like, dude, what the fook? Like, I'm not. The only bags I have are fucking SXTC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I see a lot of people like, oh, no, like, I don't want to take a loss. Okay. Well, one, you're probably going to be a bitch. Like, you're probably a grump person you know what like i i know i know that when i used to back hold i was i was a freaking jerk to everybody around me um because i would just i was seeing how much i was down i wasn't seeing the stock moving i would just be like move well, fucking well, in, do in something a situation where, where you're saying shit like that but you say your risk reward of 80 20 and shit like that how, how do you not be a bag holder like with OTLK, like obviously you you scaled out for less than the hundred percent but you still got a good bit but in other stocks, like if EVFM took a dip to 250, would that, you know, how, how would you consider that not you being a bag holder? Yeah, that's if it did that. That's a really good question. And so <laughs> I, I don't think that something, knock on wood, watch, watch EVFM will go to 250. But um, I don't think that something can dip over 30%. And that's what I consider bag holding. Uh, I don't think something can dip 30% without there being a negative catalyst, whether it be a failed FDA, whether it be, you know, failed FDA approval, whether it be an offering. So that's, that's kind of what I think. And then, like I said, is that we talk about it a lot on our swings is that if something has a negative catalyst, if, if news comes out about a negative catalyst, then I get out. So, you know, we talk, and, and that's, that's huge about bag holding is that if you're wrong on a stock, and it's not even that you're wrong. It can just be timing. You know, if, if an offering comes out and the thing tanks, you know, why hold it? Um, why? Yeah, I mean, even if it's not an offering, I mean, you, the, the way you're kind of explaining is that you, you've never been in a stock that just has bled over time. Like, even with the SSTC, I think the only, like, semi-bad news was, like, an earnings report. Uh, whenever it was 44 cents, it dropped it down to 40, started to recover. Then whenever all the low caps started getting fucked, now you see it where it is with some pretty big sales every now and then. 
But uh, it's like you, you've never been in a stock that just bleeds out all of the, like for a decent amount of time. No, no, it definitely even if it bleeds. was like SPAC, whenever uh, you know people were buying that fourteen fifteen and that dropped a good bit, and you know I thought you know a lot of people were saying you know bag holding SPAC now whenever it was eleven twelve bucks. Well, see, okay, and this is, I mean, now we're splitting here. It may just be a different definition of, of bag holding. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying is that we're kind of splitting hairs because the way that I look at bag holding and, like, that's kind of the way that, like, this is, like, okay, I'll read you exactly what Investopia says. Bag of stock that has become worthless over time. So that's what bag holding is, or that's what Investopia considers bag holding. So, and, and I... Gotcha, you're not even waiting for anything. No, 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 you're not even waiting for something. And my entire strategy is based on a catalyst, whether it be a catalyst run-up or whether it be a product drop, something like that. So most of the time, at the very minimum, unless a, unless a negative catalyst comes out, I'm usually at least breaking even. And that's just because it's not worthless. Um, you know, These FDA approvals on the hype alone gives it at least 10 20%. So that, when I think when I do think bag holding, I think of like um like what was it ONTX um their flags or like SAVA, SAVA had one drug and it was a flagship and they failed it miserably. Or another one is FWP, FWP has zero revenues. So when I think of a bag when I think of a bag holder, I think of a stock that has zero revenues is absolutely worthless and that that's what I think of bag holding. So you're just hoping that they get bought out or something. That's how I think of it. So I think another thing that we can talk about in bag holding would be averaging down. Because, I mean, obviously that creates bigger bag holders. But at the same time, whenever you are bag holding something that sounds so much, you also think of it as an opportunity or a good dip. So where where do you find yourself in the, the average down situation? Yeah, so, and that's a really good question. And that's why I, I always say that, well, you guys need to learn charting because that's part of the thing where, you know, is this a dip or is this a retest of support? And if you guys don't understand how to chart, then you're not going to know when it hits support. You know, you're just going to be thinking like, oh, is this a good time to average down? Well, if you know how to chart, then you know, okay, this is a good area to add. Or, or for instance, I'll give you a perfect example, okay? For yesterday, I was playing Tesla options and it, it came out of the gate and it dipped. And when it dipped, I was about to cut, but then I rechart, I adjusted my charts for the new day and the new chart, et cetera, et cetera. And it, and it came to support and started to crawl in support. Now, if I hadn't adjusted my charts and I had used the old charts from the previous days and I hadn't adjusted them, then I would have been stopped out. But by adjusting my charts to the new updated chart, I saw that it hadn't actually broken support and it had come right down to support and I actually added on support. uh, So I had a lower average and more, and more uh, contracts and I ended up selling, you know, ended up being a good trade. So instead of taking like a five figure loss, it was a five figure gain. Um, And so that's why I say is that the same thing with penny stocks is that if you identify charting, then you can kind of get a better idea of, okay, what's it going to do at that $5 mark? Is it going to break through um, and knife or walk a death line, or is it going to come along support? And that would be the perfect time to add right there, you know, because because things trade in ranges. So when UAVS was UAVS was trading in in like a twenty cent range for like a year, and then when it finally broke out of there, 
it, you know, it blasted straight like 50%. So if you can understand the ranges, and I know a lot of guys like Haggy, I think does it, or maybe it's Vinny. It's either Haggy or Vinny in Atlas. Um, what they do is, is that they have a swing account and then they have a day trading account. And all they do inside the day trading account is just add on support, sell on resistance, add in support, sell on resistance. And that's, that's, they make a little money on the side doing that. So I think that it's really important to understand charting because then you understand dip. And then kind of like what we were saying about bag holding is that I consider bag holding, holding something worthless. My entire strategy, like we talked about, is based on catalyst trading. So when I consider a dip, I want a dip. At almost any time that I get into a stock, I want a dip because I know what I'm holding and I know what I'm owning. So I like dips. Okay. Uh, on the other side of things, instead of averaging down, what about scaling back your swings and trimming? Uh, is, when do you when can you justify that? And without an answer of just the, if you're worried, sell half. Or is that the only answer? Uh, yeah, if you're worried, then you have way too much size. Um, that's, that's the, I mean, we, we, we all sometimes get a little skittish. But if you're constantly, like, worrying about every cent and every tick, then you have way too much size. That's how I think about it. So, and another thing with, with the bag holding, with the catalyst and everything, like CEMI was just $5.40 a couple of days ago. And like last week, it's dropped all the way down to three sixty. And I think that was more of a sell the news, but the, the Thursday or Wednesday sell-off was, was very, you know, it was aggressive. And, and that was a time where I was like, well, should I trim? And, you know, there were so many supports that it broke where I was just like, well, shit. And, uh, you know, I, I found myself with a good bit, but I was able to play it off of the bottom whenever I noticed it bottom. And I think that's what you can do to find yourself trimming out is try and make some profits when you see it's at the support, flip a little bit, and then just try and get what you can if you yeah. need to get out of some. I know it sounds weird adding some to get out of no, some. No, you're right. But sometimes you uh, got to be yeah, a little no, you're unorthodox. Right. And, that, and that's where, you know, it comes down to we talk about we talk we haven't talked about it in a while but the whole you know breaking gas analogy of you need to constantly you know you're not you're not like okay I'm going to buy it here and sell it here that's not a strat I mean that is a strategy but you need to always be like okay if it dips 10% I'm going to buy there and then buy and then sell some when it's up 5%. You know what I mean? So I'm going to get my average lower and then sell it all. You know, so it's got to be a constant change of motion and a constant, just like when you drive a car, constant brake gas, a little bit of gas, a little bit of brake, maybe a hard brake, CMI, CEMI is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe a hard brake. Yeah, it bricked all <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, so that's really, that's why I think it's important. That comes with experience. That's why you just can't follow um, that's why you just can't follow me or Zach or PJ because w I'm not alerting to you. Yeah, you, you got to follow me. You got to oh, follow yeah. the idiot. Yeah, dear God, please follow, follow Dan. For your <laughs> needs. So, 
but seriously, and that's why I think like like we like PJ and Zach created Atlas so that you know you could you could create a molding. So dumbasses like me could make money. Well, yeah, and, and but see the thing is that is that you took what they do and pie sell short. Same thing that you took what they did and you created your own strategy off it. It makes no fucking sense to me, and I don't know how you make a goddamn dollar because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It, but but that's the but that's the beauty of it is Thank that you. it works. Thank it, you, bro. Yeah, but, it means a lot. I mean, I'm serious, and, and so. Well, dude, I tried your way. It was obnoxiously boring, and uh, no matter how much like things I could do during the day, I was like, "What the fuck?" I cannot wait to uh, come spend time with you to see how you trade. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, you gotta have a you gotta have a nutsack to do what I do. But uh, you know, I mean, your your, your strategy is good too. Um, you know. Thanks, bro. Yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it in work as I'm as I'm on the couch. Like, <laughs> yeah, but so but so getting back to what we were saying was that the whole point of why we created Atlas, or, or you know why PJ created not me, but why PJ and Zach created Atlas was so that people could kind of follow PJ and Zach's strategy and and everyone else, and and along the way create their own strategy because trading is an art. Trading is so important and. And having your own strategy that isn't just black and white because there's so much gray in trading is so important. And so I think that that's if, if there's one thing that we can stress, it's to keep your psychology in check, learn a strategy that you like, and understand that the market doesn't make sense. And that's why bag holding is the worst possible thing that you can do for your psychology, for your strategy, for your mentality, all of it. So one of, one of the main things that you kind of hit on like this whole time was you can't be found bag holding un- if as long as you get out of shit if it has bad news and if you're not holding a worthless stock. And and we preach no stop losses with that. So whenever you do find yourself in one of these situations where you're questioning whether or not it's, you know, going to be worth it, are you like is the catalyst too far out and I think I'm bag holding now or I don't even know what the no, fuck. No, no, no. I think you're making a statement cuz you are. <laughs> you are. You're saying that that there's no real one answer. Right? Isn't that what you're saying? Like yeah, I think that's what yeah, you're saying. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if like I'm I'm talking to people and we're cutting this part out. No, no, <laughs> but I think I know what you're saying is that is that there's no gr- there's no black white yeah. answer in in trading and, and with bag holding is that you gotta create your own strategy. You know? Like to me, to me, if if um if UAVS dipped twenty percent or WTRH, WTRH, perfect example. Um Yeah, like like I was just saying, like whenever I had it at uh fifty cents and then it dropped down to thirty and that's you know got back in and thank gosh because that's when it rocketed. Yeah, exactly. So like Bob and I had first gotten into it. Um WTRH at 32 cents. It dropped all the way down to like 25 cents. That's like a 20% loss. That's we were down like 16, 20% at one time. And so people were like, oh man, now I'm bag holding WTRH. Dude, I was buying the fuck out of it. I, dude, I was ready to like put put my parents' house up for for margin, for collateral. And 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 on, on the chart, when it went to it's at like five dollars now. Now that 10 cents doesn't look like anything. But back then, people were like, "Oh, now I'm bag holding." Yeah. Would you Would you have done the 
same if you weren't as confident that the catalyst was as soon? And did you expect the catalyst to be as soon as it was? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, Bob and I, you know, Bob and I are pretty genius. You know, I mean, I don't want to pat. Right, very smart guys. Yeah. With your years of experience, right. <laughs> so Bob and I felt like at the very minimum, based on what Tillman, the Rockets owner, had done, that it was undervalued where it was. So even if it dropped some more, we still felt like it was undervalued at that point. So we felt like it was a dip. Even if there was a 30%, even even if even though we were down 20%, if it dipped another 30%, because that's pennies. Now that it's at $5, 10 cents is like 2%. So when it was at 10 you know, 30 cents though, that 10 cents was like 20% loss. So it seemed like a lot. Yeah, it seemed like a lot. But now you look back at the chart and you're like, eh. What's that little If it drops there? 10 cents in an hour. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think that that's really important is that that's when that's when you got to understand yourself. Can you handle it? Like if you can't handle the stress, then don't do it. Um, can you handle the heat? Do you have a big enough of a sack? And if you don't, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if that's when you have to do, all right, am I going to trust my DD or is this too much for me to handle? And that's when you got to trust your that's, – that's when you got to know yourself, you know, your gut, your instinct. Yeah, I think I think so many of these like trading uh, idioms come back to everyone with the whole bag holding thing. Know what you own, yeah, and then maybe you know, like like we said, it's a mentality thing. If you don't think you're bag holding, maybe you're not fucking bag holding because you know what you own. Like he wasn't bag holding WTRH, even though a lot of people might have said he did. Yeah, and uh, also understand so, that we trade shit companies, but. If I know yeah. that they have, but if I know that they have, the, the people that believe a lot of these things on Twitter, like even though the UAVS to Amazon shit, it's literally like the people that the Wolf of Wall Street are pitching to, where they're like, I know this company, it's in their parents' garage, yeah. but they're doing all this water aerodynamic shit. <laughs> uh, but that that's exactly what a lot of the Twitter guys are are doing, not. Not a lot, but you know that's how some of them, how it seems that some of them are doing. Yeah, exactly, and and so I think that's super important. Is that understand that we trade? If you guys another plug for China Hustle, if you guys haven't watched it, watch China Hustle. You'll see what I'm talking about. Dude, you getting paid by China Hustle? Yo, shh, keep on the deal, keep on the deal. Um, so, <laughs> okay. Yo, seriously though, China Hustle, hit me up. Uh, yeah, on on Hulu, they also have live sports. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, plug for Hulu too. Um, but seriously, watch China Hustle. You'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, I know that freaking you know Dvax isn't going to cure cancer, but but if they have a phase three, I know that I can use that to my advantage. So I'm not holding it as an investment, but I know that there's upside there for me to boom be in and out in two weeks and make twenty percent. I don't need it to be the next Amazon. I just need to make me some freaking money. So if it's undervalued, boom, I'm in there, baby. I'm in there like Sarkan, baby. EVFM is going to end teenage pregnancy. <laughs> Throwback to episode one. <laughs> okay, does that does that sum up back holding? Yeah. All right, great. Well, so now to wrap up this week's episode. We've got Q&A, Hughes DD, and some rapid-fire quickies. You ready? Yeah, I like a quickie. The, f- the hell? Dude, Did you say quickie? You my mom listen- yeah, my mom listens to this. <laughs> Hi, Mom. No, nah, she doesn't. She actually stopped listening, like, on episode two. Whatever. Why? Because we're the, I we're got the, the only top 50 podcast that's explicit in business? 
And yeah, you know, I think she wanted to listen to Dave Ramsey. I, I let her listen. I just don't let her subscribe or download. I yeah, make did her she, listen to it on. Did she say anything about me? Who? My mom? Yeah. Did did she like like what are, she what saying, were her comments about me? She actually didn't. She actually didn't even <laughs> notice I was with another person. She thought I was talking to myself. <laughs> oh damn! All right. Noted She's like that. Uh, that voice to speech thing that you're talking to is is very realistic, and he's so. <laughs> he, she, my mom did say you were smart. Wait, what? And she called me smart. She, she said uh, your friend is smart. I didn't know what he was saying, so I assumed it was smart. <laughs> I'll She's take a pharmacist, you. not a trader. Right. Okay. I love you, Miss Dippity. I love. Mm. Aw, mm. whoa, dude, <laughs> stop. Okay, Q and A. Now that that bit's over. What? <clears throat> what are your hours? Stop, dude. What are your? I love you, mom. What are your hours of active trading versus DD and research? Uh, my DD and research, you know, it occupies my whole day. If I DD and research, I mean, uh, getting drunk on the couch. Uh, I active trade a shit ton, though. I think Hughes may be a little different. Uh, yeah, I spend my life at my desk. In like an embarrassing way, especially now that the new apartment has weights and a kitchen like around the corner. Like I, I, I don't leave my office. It's embarrassing. But that being said, I, I basically trade the open. I trade the close. And then from like from the entire rest of the time I'm doing research, like the entire like I can't even stress to you um, during probably from like 1030 to probably one besides my nap time of course um i'm doing research yeah dude come on it's the secret to life um i'm doing research and then from really you know unless i'm doing something fun with dan uh from probably yeah like just talking on the phone for an hour about nothing trying to plan (laughs) the podcast and just talking about like the the effects of the industrial revolution (laughs) god you're such nerds Uh, (laughs) so um, yeah, so I do research. I probably am at my desk, uh, let me see, probably easily 13 hours a day. And The only real active trading you really do is um, like options, isn't it? Yeah, and when the market's hot, I don't even do options. So it, I think that's really important is that, is that I, I, if you, I hate those ads. They're like, I made $1,000 in an hour. I also, also I, I cut you off whenever you said, uh, you, you 18 hours at the desk. How many are trading? How many are research? Uh, eight, I, I don't do 18, maybe like 13 hours at the desk. Okay. Um, maybe 13 hours at the desk. I probably on like literally maybe 20 minutes of trading. Um, maybe. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, because I'm just adding, unless I'm adding to a swing, you know, I mean, I'm adding on support, maybe selling on resistance, uh, unless I'm doing you options. You usually just have alerts for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just have alerts. So like it takes it maybe two minutes. Um, I don't even usually <laughs> keep TD up to be honest. I keep like one window of TD up. Um, and then the rest of the time I'm just doing research and stuff because, because I, I make my money by going balls deep into stuff and waiting for the catalyst. Um, but like, even when the catalyst comes, like what is, maybe it takes me two hours to unload a position and then I'm done. Has there ever, uh, been a stock that you did all this DD and shit for, and you were in it and you're happy. Like, let's say you were doing some research on EVFM. Is there anything that could, you could potentially find where you're like, no fucking way. And like have to get all out. Uh, no, because by the time I'm taking a, uh, 
by the time I'm taking a position, I know pretty much everything about it. Um, unless, like, I stumble on, like, doing Enron, but, like, I ain't that smart, so, you know, do that, do what you will with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, so around 13 hours at the desk, uh, 20 minutes of trading, 12 and a half hours of research. Do you ever find yourself, like, chilling, like, where I would be on Twitter looking at sports, you would be looking at, like, SEC filings on your phone? Uh, no, I hate looking at my phone, but what I would be doing is... I'd probably be calculating how much money I need to be a billionaire, um, like updated in real time. Uh, I like to do that. And then um, I'd probably be looking into like things that come up on my scanners. I'm just looking at like charts and stuff on my phone. Like if I'm chilling on the couch, I'm looking at like charts on my phone. And, like if I just don't feel like dealing at the desk, I'm looking at charts on my phone and I'm reading emails. Uh, charts on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, tr- yeah, I really do look. At, I, I look at like a billion charts. I have, I have like yeah, a watch. None, of, like none of these are even uh, uh, questions by people. They're all just these are just conversational questions. I had. Jesus. Um, sorry, sorry. Okay, we'll get back to the questions for the people. Okay, Dan, how did you keep up with forty tickers at a time? Uh, well, the market was just so good. Everything was just up all the time. Like it was, and there were just catalysts left and right. I mean, I was just getting, well, I didn't know what the catalysts were. I was an idiot, but there, there just PR and everywhere. And dude, even if there was an offering, like the offering would drop at like 15, 20%, but the PRs would make it go up like 80%. And that was my, that was my 80, 20. And, um, yeah. And it just worked every every fucking day until the market just was shit. And there were there was actually one day uh I I went to Burger King and I checked my T D Ameritrade. Every single thing was red on the day, all forty tickers. So <laughs> yeah, nice. you know Yeah, dude, it was insane. Never had them all green at one time, but uh yeah, definitely had one all red. So, you know, there were pros and cons, but the, the pros were pretty damn good at the time. So, you know. It was it was also a lot of fun and hectic. And I love chaos. Uh, That's good. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you seem like you love chaos. Oh, I hate structure. Yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. You're like an (laughs) algorithm. Um, Is is there any method for scaling entry and exits? Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, dude, there's a time I was so anal about pennies. Like, every half of a percent or every percent. So if it was a 33% stock... I had I had to sell at every third of a penny, like five percent of my position. And once it went up like uh I don't want to do that math right now, but like twenty percent, like I was all out. Yeah. And it what was just bitch. like free money. I had buys and sells. I had like two hundred limit buys and limit sells set every day. I What's was it like, like to not have any balls? Not have any balls. I was making fucking free money, dude. I didn't know anything about the stocks. I'm not going to hold this shit forever. I'm just kidding. Um, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm you would never joking. be able to keep up with 40 tickers at a time because you'd no, have I'm to study anal. each of them for like a week and a half each. <laughs> you, you'd, be able to, you'd be able to enter them in like 2022. <laughs> well, well, you know what someone said in some of my DMs yesterday? They were like, I don't understand how you make so much money. Like, um... Like you, like you. Don't I don't play. fucking understand how you make so much money. I'm flat. I mean, I I understand how you do it, but at the same time, I'm like, damn it, this fucking kid. This fucking. Um, I'm like three years younger than you. Yeah, but mentally, 
you're a young child. You're a baby I'm compared like a to this. I'm a 60-year-old. You're, you're a mental dwarf, and I am an intellectual giant. Are you kidding me? You have the intellect of my left nut. It must be fucking smart. Next question. Is there... Oh, wait. Just ask that one. <laughs> How do you scale... <laughs> How do you scale in and out of stocks in a trend while waiting for the catalyst to like EVFM three dollars to three twenty? I don't. I'm banker bankrupt, baby. Fuck out of you. Uh, I just scale in and out as it goes up or down. But sometimes, you know, I've actually noticed in phase three things that are looking for some data. I've noticed that there's like an obnoxiously big sell. That uh, I hate when people say someone knows something, but shit, maybe someone does know something. And uh, I, you know, I do start to scale back. I noticed that in OTLK and ONTX before the big drops. And uh, yeah, I thought that was a little insane. So, you know, I, I got my eye out for some of these things now. Oh, Dano's gotcha. Look, dude, these companies aren't pulling a quick one on me, bro. You fucking... Big big diesel LLCs coming your way. Um, so my my favorite my personal favorite segment of every podcast, Hughes DD. I've got a list of three for you: DVAX, CEMI, and RMED. Well, they're all ones I've got a lot of, and I no, I'm just playing. Just do DVAX. <laughs> hey, dude, I was like, the, I'm even holding three. Uh, yeah. So you know, last time I said this. Like I couldn't even this get is my DVAX, shares. which is uh, Dork Va- Valentina. <laughs> Be careful uh, with that word. <laughs> architect and uh, oh shit, xylophone. <laughs> okay, so okay. give me that DVAX. So important inquiry here. Uh, Johnny Manziel helped me with this DD. <laughs> Shut. Oh, oh, not the real one. I was going to say, damn it, dude. Now I've got it. And now I have no reason to be in it. Damn, Giant Manziel is doing your DD for you. <laughs> he's my bitch. Um, he's, so- too, he's coked up in the bathroom like, yeah, no, dude. It's fucking, they got some biotech shit coming. Um, what do you got? Okay, ready? So so he, him and I have been collabing on DVAX. Um, I really like DVAX for literally just this one sentence. Preliminary safety and, oh boy, here we go. Immunogenicity results from phase one COVID-19 studies with Clover Biospharma and Medicago, whatever the fuck. Most important part, expected by September and October, respectively. Dude, you couldn't even read that sentence. Why do you love that sentence so much? Because it says October and September. Okay, fair enough. You give me a date soon, I'll probably like it too. Uh, uh, it was just funny trying to hear you like... Um, it, there were two words in there that really had you. Um, oh my god, dude. In the it's, first half. Dude, I didn't realize what time... Dude, today flew by. Sorry. Um, the other... <laughs> wow, today really fucking flew. Uh, hey guys, we're recording at... Uh, 4.23 Eastern Time on Saturday because Vinny's busy. Yeah, where, where the hell did the last, like, 12 hours go? Anyway, um, the other People reason... People are like, where the fuck is this DD at? <laughs> Dude, we don't care. All right, uh, the other... Wow, Jesus, that's nuts. I thought it was, like, 11 a.m. Uh, and then the other reason I like it is because they did a huge offering 
um, in Q2, and they got a few grants, so I feel like they have cash. Now, if if I look at DVAX at 7 a.m. and it's up 20%, I'm going to freak my shits. So don't <laughs> don't buy anything until I can get all my shares, you motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Okay, so I'll put more DD to- out once I'm once I take my nap. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, okay, no, okay. So apparently, he basically the catalyst is coming in October, September, and that's why he's swinging it. And it involves COVID, all uh, pretty pretty hot topics, and. Uh, you know, can definitely lead to some some uptrend and just adding on the dips as they come. It did have a uh, little a little worse week, so this is you know it's a good thing we forgot to put it out last week because it dipped and now we look better. Yeah. Um, and after this, we have one more segment, which is rapid fire, our question segment where we go quick. This is actually so I can ask you extra questions without I'm fucking talking too long. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah. The most annoying question you guys get asked. Uh, can I, it's either can I get an Atlas or, um, which is, yeah, we post the fucking invite all the time. Uh, or if they just send you one stock to take a look at. <clears throat> the most annoying question. I think it's, huh. I, I don't know. There's a few that kind of irk me. Um, like, hey man, I've been doing this for three months, uh, and I'm only up a hundred percent of my portfolio. What am I doing wrong? Like, what? Uh, hey man, how do we become a millionaire, dude? I don't know. What do you want me to freaking say? We're fucking super famous podcasters. It's <laughs> obvious. Like, you don't go up asking Fergie how she's a millionaire. You know. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait. No, I'm not done. I'm not done. Uh, hey man, can you okay. check? Can you check out DVAMTK? Yeah, like, when they just asked you one chart. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, it's like, it's like, dude, like, oh, you know what? Let's talk about this. If you're going to send me a ticker, because right now I have 3,000, I counted, 3,000, like 700 something DMs I counted last night. Okay, if what you want. What the fuck? Yeah, it, it's absurd. If you want me to look at a no, ticker. it's absurd the fact that you counted. Oh, because I was bored. Remember when I texted you like 3.30? Um, yeah, you weird ass. <laughs> I want so, to talk about so, that. Yeah, um, you just get a lot. So here, dude. Hey, motherfucker. This is rapid fire, not Hugh Rants. It's like the whole thing I designed it for. Now you're reading three thousand seven hundred DMs. Next question is sexiest chart pattern. Uh, the naked woman. Yeah, I uh, I like. I'm gonna just the A B C D pattern. Um. <laughs> How many days off do you take? Uh, you first. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really take days off. Like, I'm always trading. Like, if I, I'm going to be on a plane in, like, three weeks and I shame me for it, I got Wi-Fi so I can trade on the plane. I can't believe you got Wi-Fi. You're such a little bitch. You know, you know so the you markup don't, of you, Wi-Fi? I know you're, you, took off, you took off three days this week. Uh, to move, correct? Yeah, I did. So you can't say you don't take any days off. So how many days off do you take? Um, during August or outside, like like September, how many days will I take <laughs> off? Ask me. Yeah. Okay. How many days will we take off in September? Zero. What about October? Zero. <laughs> okay. What about August? Dude, Jessica Alba could be sitting 
on my floor, not very clothed, and I would still be grinding. But August, I take off. Because you know why? I know what I'm doing. The whole month? Or just missed? Uh, Most of the month. I, what if, like what if what trips. if large caps? What if like Tesla wasn't balling the whole month? Would you have been off? Yeah. Okay. Got no, it. I don't care uh, about money. How do you fit in other things? How do you fit in other things while trading? I don't uh, know what that dude. Is. It, well, also, I don't know. I think you're thinking too much into it. Like what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hugh doesn't have a fucking life, but <laughs> you know, he's also a millionaire at 21. So I mean, it's one of those things. Dude. I'm not a millionaire, and I'm 25. I also have a little fun. Dude, people love me. Dude, I have a life. <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You have you have fun, dude. If looking at SEC filings is fun. <laughs> um, should I go 80% cash three weeks before the election? I love how this one is just very straight. Um, <laughs> no, 79%. I d- yeah, I think... <laughs> I think uh, it depends. I mean, it just like like we talked about uh, a few weeks ago that, you know, historically Democratic, whenever they're elected, it's um, a little worse for the market. Hugh said it, not me, not a political podcast, by the way. So, I mean, yeah, if it sees like that is the trend, maybe pull out. I don't know. I mean, if this is your first election, it's always good to to watch, sit back and watch. I mean, there's always going to be another one in four years. True. What would you say here? Uh, yeah, I mean, we really got to see what happens. Uh, I do think that the market's way overextended right now, but that doesn't mean that the market can't keep flying for another two, three years. Okay, traders are reactive. Okay, we react to what happens in the market. Okay, so I can't say March 2nd, 2021, the market's going to go down 3.4%. I can't say that. Um, Why? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could say you lost. That. You lost your touch. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Um, you know, yeah. So I think it's really important to understand is that like, I don't know. And, and I hate, I don't hate analysts, but anyone that says, um, oh, the market's going to crash this year. Okay. It may, or it could keep flying. Okay. I'm not making yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, bad. I mean, the thing is like the, like you just said, the market is so overextended. Well, I mean, I, I was going to say, yeah, and it's just looking for something to, to drop it. But then I thought to myself, well, the whole COVID thing should have did it. But uh, it, well, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, it, like that's what it should. And instead, we went to all-time highs. So I don't ever tr- – you'll never hear me try and predict the market. I'll say my thoughts. For instance, the, market's, the market is, um, is overvalued. But the same reason I took Tesla uh, calls. It, should Tesla be worth double Toyota? Hell no. But can I make money from it? Hell yeah. So am I? is that what I'm going to do? Hell yeah. Is the market overvalued? Hell yeah. Am I still going to play it if it's going to keep going up? Hell yeah. But the second yeah. that the sentiment... Yo, I'll kill you. Uh, but the second that the sentiment changes, I'll be there to catch the downfall. And I think that that's really well, important. Well, in all honesty, I mean, Tesla, in my opinion, probably should be valued at twice of Toyota. That's because you know absolutely featured. nothing. Well... You think Toyota in 50 years from now, we're, it's going to be Toyota or Tesla? Dude, balance sheet wise, to- Toyota destroys any car company. Okay, whatever, dude. Um, long story short, uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> you know what? My bad. <laughs> and hey, Elon, if you want to sponsor the podcast, you now only have to get us one Tesla. What? Um, 
Mally you, won dude, a Tesla. Dude, yeah, yeah, no, you can get a fucking Toyota, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last one. I think we might have already uh, answered it. How often do you average down? Do you have set limits to where you will? Um, no, because I, if I'm setting a limit to average down, that means I would be expecting it to go down. I only expect <laughs> it to go up. That's like, that's like saying like... Um, it's like, like bringing an umbrella when it's not going to rain. <laughs> Yeah, that's like saying, like, hey, do you save draft DMs when you're dating someone? It's like you're expecting, you know, them to cheat on you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to add something that's, <laughs> like, because last time I did this, which I think was in, let me see, I want to say March or April, and it was with LUB, and they closed all their fucking stores in Texas, <laughs> and it dropped, like, 60%, and my ass added all the way down without even knowing it, it halted down and everyone that sold was selling to me and uh yeah it was awful and i'm never doing it again <laughs> yeah i i said alerts i don't believe in because if say an offering comes out i want to be selling my position i don't want to be freaking buying uh, yeah yeah said, yeah alerts I've, oh my god it's bringing back ptsd or any flashbacks <laughs> Okay, so uh, to kind of finally wrap things up, Hugh, you are in a new place now. I am coming to visit a little late in September. We'll see. Uh, with some other food. <clears throat> and I am coming to visit later this month with some other furus. We'll see. And we're going to have a super big party. And I'm going to, um, yeah, and I'm bringing all my stuff, all my clothes, all my belongings. <laughs> and yeah, dude, I, I, dude, I dude, can't wait, man. You're we're not gonna staying. We're going to be the best route. I'm. <laughs> I know, I know, but like, should I? The thing is, I'm thinking about my cat. Do I bring this on the airplane? Can I bring dude, her on the airplane or should? I? You get two days and one night at my place, and that's it. You're not staying. Do not even. So think. I'm gonna. Do I need to buy a fucking plane ride back? Do not. Do, do not even think for a second that you're that you're gonna extend this stay past the weekend. Okay, well, I guess I'll cancel our Valentine's Day reservations <laughs> that I had for February. <laughs> well, how do you like your new place? I guess I won't get to explore too much of it since I'm only allowed like 36 fucking hours. <laughs> Dude, if if I survive 36 hours with you without a alcohol then I'll have then you'll allow me uh, three more years. Absolutely. Get the fuck get out. Get me out of Alabama. You get me the fuck out of here. Dude, you, you, you get the weekend at my place. Uh, should we say who the other furu coming is? Wait, oh, uh, you want to oh, give wait. it up? I mean, should we wait? I, I think we should just let him know. Okay. Go ahead. It's uh, Z Mr. Zach Morris. Whoa. Nah, I'm just playing. It's uh, it's Gary Trades, uh, Notorious Alerts, uh, owner of the hottest YouTube stock channel. And yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bang it out, no homo, like bros. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun weekend, but that's it. It's all it is is a weekend that you get. You get one day. You get two days, one night. That's what you get. This is. This is. Oh man! Do not even bring well, three pairs of socks because you're not staying that long. <laughs> three pairs of socks will last me a month and a half, dude. You're that is. Oh my! I'll freak. I'll. Oh, I like my place clean. I will fucking kill you i'll bring my dude i'm i have the roomba packed like that's it's like i'm bringing a maid i already regret this decision 
<laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm excited to see you. Um, oh, dude, our very first live podcast, and we can interview Gary. So smart. Okay, um, well, that's that. How are you liking it? How are you liking it? Dude, I love it. I love it. There's so many beautiful... What's your favorite perk of living alone until your roommates move in? Uh, I get to walk around naked. Nice, dude. Yeah, oh. whenever I move in, if you want to keep doing it, that's fine. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spit go. my water everywhere. I gotta go. I spit my water everywhere. I gotta go. What do you call it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like, sneak in the back door. My doorman's gonna be like, who is this? I'll be like, oh. Oh, shit. This is, uh, he's, you, you don't know him from Twitter? He's super famous. <laughs> Okay, oh, all right. Before the now, it's just turning into one of our phone calls. Okay, we have to sign off now. Good, goodbye, listeners. We love you. <laughs>